0: That's my favorite thing about video production is that you can work in any industry you want. If you want to work in the music industry, you can do that. If you want to work in the medical industry, you can do that. If you want to do real estate, you can do that. If you want to make videos about yourself, you can do that and make a career out of it. So that's my favorite thing with video production is that you can literally... Pick an industry and you can do it. Every single industry. If you're a business, you have a need for beautiful content. The Sacred Thomas podcast. All right, we're live. We are on the
1: Sacred Thomas podcast here with Thomas A. Bowd. Very special guest. This is the guy who got me into video production, which has knocked over every single domino up until this point in my life. He's the reason I'm an influencer now.
0: how you doing man i'm doing great man and i can't take all the credit for you being an influencer maybe i uh assisted a little bit but there's no way i could ever take all of that credit at all
1: listen bro you without you i wouldn't be doing the things i'm doing i wouldn't be filming with the quality that i'm filming with i wouldn't be I wouldn't have the knowledge to even be able to set this whole podcast up. We're sitting here in a room by ourselves and, and you helped me set some stuff up, but there's no one monitoring this podcast at all. And you're the, you're the reason why I've been able to gather the knowledge
0: to get to this point. You knocked over that domino in my head. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm honored that I played a part in it, dude. Um, but at the end of the day, it all comes back to you, man. I can sit here and tell you X do X, Y, and Z. But if you don't have it up here to actually get it done, you know, that's true. That's it would true. never get done. So at the end of the day, it's all due to you. So, yeah.
1: well, I appreciate you. You're knocking it back on me, but anyways, <laughs> so Thomas, we got a lot to talk about today. For sure, man. We uh, go way back. We do go way back. Yeah. Way back to Texas state. Yeah. Let's 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 talk about how we met, man. So we met uh I had a party bus
0: company and sent a DM on Instagram, man. That's how this all started. Vinny sent a DM. I think
1: Yeah, I, it was Vinny. It was Vinny. It was was it was, was it from our, our party bus account?
0: I don't know. I think I dm Oh, you sent a DM? I think I dm Vinny directly because um. I I've written you know, I was a client of sacred before I even knew him. So I had ridden your buses before to Cowboys and back or Sixth street or whatever, um, in college. And, you know, I saw that y'all did some video production for some of the events. And I said, Hey, I see y'all have an event coming up. I would love to be a part of it. Um, let me know if a video is something that y'all would like to get done. So one thing led to another, uh, went out filmed and that's the night that i met you i'm pretty sure i met you that night right
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah but you said you've ridden our bus before we met
0: yeah so like i your company five star entourage right yeah 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 i've ridden that bus uh, i rode that bus many times before i even met you that's wild i didn't even know that (laughs) yeah because (laughs) y'all left from copper beach copper beach was right next to my apartment it was called the thompson at the time so i could walk to the party buses so walk to the party bus, hop on, and go party. That was a hookup for y'all, huh? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, and I think, what, what were y'all charging? Like five or ten bucks at the time? Not five, ten. Ten a bucks. whole ten dollars okay, that ten. people still complained about, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Man, people always have something to complain about. Ten dollars, bruh. Okay. Honestly, how much do you think that service was actually worth? Man, more than that. At least 20.
1: More than we paid you, right? For, for sure. <laughs> how much did we pay you for that first the
0: first video that you did for us how much do we pay you for it i'm pretty sure it was 75 dollars Jesus, 75 dollars, and i turned it around within a day a day or two uh which was yeah to me at, at the time i was what 19 20 years old yeah 75 bucks i'm like dude i would eat Heck for yeah. a week off that Heck so yeah. 75 bucks to me was a lot of money at the time but yeah. not a lot of money but you know enough to go out for a night and work for a full day and deliver a video so
1: well i appreciate you doing it for the cheap that definitely now that i'm in this space i understand just
0: how cheap that was for sure man (laughs) and at the time it wasn't really about the money it was more like you know i i like this company i like what they're doing they throw sick events and if i can get paid to go and capture this event and bring the story to life like that's a win-win for me And that's what I love about video production is like most of the time I'm having a great time. so
1: Yeah, hell yeah, man. I feel the same way now that I'm doing the same thing. But do you still have that video? I'm sure I can find it somewhere. Okay, if you find it, send it it to me because I actually want to put it on this podcast so people can see the very first video you shot for us.
0: I'll find it for you and I'll send it to you. I know I have it. I've got... You know how it is with hard drives and yeah. stacking up. I've got pff, probably 20, 30 hard drives. Yeah, so. I'm trying
1: to catch up to you, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> but let's let's actually dive into your story, man. Sure. So we met at Texas State. You filmed for us. At that point in your video production, so you, you own a video production company. Yep. Uh, and at that point, you were filming for Texas State, right? Can you talk about that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I can go back to even before Texas State. Yeah, I, yeah. I've start been, from the beginning. I've been making videos since I was 13 years old, and a lot of people don't know this about me. But uh, back in high school, I used to break dance, like competitive break dance. Yeah, yeah. And that's that was my shtick at the time. Like I would wake up, watch YouTube videos. Learn different tricks, and that's what you know got me going—is learning cool breakdance moves. So
1: I, th- I think I found that out in Padre, bro. Whenever you did that video, <laughs> and you did the perfect back backflip to the drop of the music, and like fires going everywhere, I got to play that clip if you find that too. Those
0: were also <laughs> one day edits too. That that was nuts. Yeah, um, man, crazy times. Yeah. So high school did break dancing, and. What I kind of learned is I would get on YouTube to learn how to do these breakdance moves, and I noticed that every single one of these tutorials that taught you how to do the breakdance move uh-huh. were getting an insane amount of views. Yeah. So me and my cousin, he was like my band, uh, my dance partner at the time, yeah. got with him, and I was like, "Hey, like, why don't we just start making breakdance tutorials? Like, we know how to do these things. Yeah. Make breakdance tutorials." and we can post them and they'll, they'll probably do well. A couple of our videos had, you know, a couple hundred thousand on YouTube. I didn't know this, bro. Yeah, I've got a video on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> this is funny. Um, <laughs> man, probably two or three hundred thousand last I checked. Did you get paid for that? Yes. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it hasn't really gotten many views since. It kind of okay. took off and then chilled out. I didn't get paid much, but no, yeah, right. I think we're, Collecting a little check there for a second. That's what's up. Man. Yeah. I mean, gr- grew the channel to, you know, a couple thousand followers. And at the time, like that was a lot to me. Yeah. So content creation has been with me for a really long time. Wow. That's awesome. So, yeah. So went from doing breakdancing and creating breakdance tutorials in high school, graduating high school, moving to San Marcos, going to Texas State University, got a job with Texas State Athletics. As a whole, so I would make sports videos for every single sport: football, tennis, basketball, um, soccer, oh, and wow. um, yeah. By by my senior year, I was actually hired to be full time with the football team, and I traveled with the football team to every single away game, filmed yeah. every home game, made highlight videos, made their intro videos that played on the big screen before the team took the field. Yeah. Um, so I was actually one of the first. I was the first student to ex- to travel with the football team to an away game, so wow. to me at the time, like that was a that was a big deal. I thought it was a big shot, you know. So,
1: so you were filming for Texas State. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that was a pretty lucrative job financially.
0: Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. I got paid a whopping 725, the least amount they could possibly pay me. So
1: I worked at Hollister for 725. <laughs>
0: Man, yeah. That's yeah, crazy. Man. That's that that's a lot of work.
1: For sure. Like knowing what we do, that that's a lot of work for seven twenty five, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was nice because I got paid for the hours that I would work the game, the sports game. Yeah. And then I would also get paid for the hours I spent editing the video. Okay. So you know, I would at the you know, you can spend however long you want on a video. Most of the time I would spend at least like a day or two. So yeah. you know, five to ten 12 hours 16 hours so I was able to log some extra hours but I was definitely working for every single one of
1: them yeah but working for Texas State that probably really helped just build the skill that you have today
0: 100% and I just I learned a lot by doing it I saw the ins and outs of sports broadcasting because while I was in school I kind of had the assumption in my mind that I was going to graduate and then work in sports broadcasting that's what I wanted to do um that kind of changed because you know working for 725 it was like i was full time in school mm-hmm. i would pick up i'm a workaholic so i'd pick up any and every shift i possibly could yeah. um i i was maxing myself out and then i would look at my bank account and it was not looking good so i would always have jobs on the side i would always try to pick up you know just freelance work yeah. um i think Something I do want to mention is that you know you you give me praise for getting you introduced to video production. Uh-huh. I need to give praise to um, my buddy Peter, that you also know. For, oh yeah, Peter. He didn't introduce me to video production. Remy. Remy. Yeah. yeah, I met him as Remy. His real name's Peter. Yeah. Um. He helped me just take it up a notch, man. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he fed me opportunities to work he fed me just knowledge um really was like a a mentor to me throughout college so and then we ended up living together for a full year our our senior year of college so yeah i mean i guess how i was to you is how remy was to me so i mean i i guess a little bit of that was you know paying it forward yeah so yeah remy's uh he's got a lot of talent and then he also has a red,
1: which is great.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> he's he's a genius. He's a genius with the camera. Yeah, man. He
1: actually hit me up and I, I, I know, Remy, if you see this, we need a we are supposed to collab and do a fight sequence. I guess he likes to do those. Yeah. And I've never done anything choreographered. He wants to choreographer a, a fight sequence for me to do with someone and post it. I think it sounds pretty dope, but Yeah, I just haven't had time to actually meet up with him. So if you see this, Remy, we're going to make it happen.
0: Sweet. (laughs) Let me know how I can help, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you got the moves. Uh, I don't know if I, I don't need to be in it. I was b- yeah. I'll be
1: behind the camera. Well, I mean, I need to fight somebody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever. Sure. This could be, this could be Crockett Tubs, man. Miami Vice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, coming soon. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be sick. Do a little Miami Vice recreation. Yeah.
1: Except for we're fighting each other instead of partners. Okay.
0: And yeah, we got to I mean, find an alligator too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the alligator. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Is that a uh, Miami vice reference? Yeah, I've never yeah. watched it. So okay, Crockett,
1: he had an alligator. Okay, and my dad, he he met that alligator in one of the first season, one of the first couple episodes, if it might, might even be the first one. Anyways, he meets the alligator. He, he goes to talk to Crockett and all of a sudden, an alligator like pops out of his boat and scares the shit out of him. So, yeah, he has an alligator, a pet alligator in the. I'm sure we can find one somewhere yeah yeah In Texas everybody has all types of animals man yeah
0: definitely, <laughs> definitely. and that you know speaking of Miami I I want to get into this later um, your pops is a uh, he's a big shot man he's a uh, syndicated television movie star yeah man from the 80s from the, 80s, from the right? 80s yeah yeah
1: yeah man that's it's you know people bring it up and it's just like it's I guess it's just
0: everyday life for me but yeah
1: he was he was the he was the shit man for sure was the shit
0: tell me how it is growing up with a dad that's a celebrity it's
1: how is it i never know how to answer this question but it's it's normal it's everyday life for me it's it's it happens to be pretty cool that he's my dad growing up you know, I definitely have to thank him for instilling the belief that I, the belief that I can actually do what I do now, you know, just growing up with him and my mom, they both have always told us that i mean i 'm sure a lot of parents say this, you know you could be anything that you put your mind to as long as you put in the work so i 've never really grown up with any type of limiting beliefs on what I could and should become that 's why even in school when mm-hmm. You know, even when I got to Texas State, where where it comes time to figure out what it is you're trying to do with your life, a lot of things didn't really match up for me. You know, I wanted to do something that fueled my soul, and just you know, doctor, lawyer, fireman, just really any anything, but like working for someone wasn't on my cards. Right. And I think a lot of it has to do with how I grew up and and what he's kind of instilled in me. Yeah. You know, I, I've seen. I've seen him on TV. I've seen what he's become. So it just makes sense for me to shoot for more, you know? So, but growing up with him, cool. Cool. It's just everyday life for me. But yeah, man. I mean, you have any other questions about it? (laughs) Sure. Um, How's y'all's relationship? It's good, man. It's good. I mean, he's retired, he's in Florida. And, you know, how's our relationship? Damn it. (laughs) It's a tough question. It is a tough question. For sure. It's a tough question, but it's, it's good. You know, he, he likes to coach me up on certain things and, uh, you know, kind of give me pointers, especially when, you know, I was trying to do my whole modeling thing. I, I, you know, the age of, uh, 17 to, I don't know, even while I was in Texas state, I was trying to model and I mean, I don't know, I'm putting up the the signs, but you know, your your
0: model for sure, man. (laughs) published
1: back back then. I was, I was trying a lot, a lot more, but I think in the industry, I wasn't really, I didn't, I didn't really love how the industry was at the time, but then it's kind of rewind back, uh, I mean, not rewind, fast forward to today. I've been able to walk in New York Fashion Week, but my dad's been able to coach me up on certain things when it comes to that. And, uh, you know, I call him up to for advice on even with this whole influencer stuff. Yeah. You know, as I've grown a following, you know, he's he kind of tells me stories about how, you know, he used to handle certain things back in the day and just, yeah, man, it's good.
0: What does he think about everything you've got going right now cuz obviously you have tons of momentum and you're you're blowing up dude so what what's what's his whole thoughts on the direction you're moving
1: as i've grown with this and has you know my dad's not really he's not on social media you know he's he's a very private person so what he has seen i don't think he really realized how big this has gotten until I've actually finally told him, and what he's told me is that he's proud of me, and I mean that's all you know a son can ask for. Absolutely, know? man. And he he thinks that the you know sky's the limit. So, yeah, I'm just I'm, all I can ask for is him to be
0: proud. For sure, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that one statement alone you put it yeah. you put it perfectly. That's all a son can ask for is for. His father to tell him that he's proud of him. Yeah. 100%. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And hopefully, you know, he, like I said, he's not on social media, but he's given me some hints that maybe he can, he can hop on and, and maybe do some collabs with me. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. That was going to be my next question. When are yeah. we going to see the, the father son uh, reveal? <laughs> Everyone
1: asked me that question on social media so much, man.
0: We'll see. We've had some talks.
1: We've had some talks about it, but it has to be the right project, so.
0: So no Um, dancing TikToks? No, no, I don't think so. Oh, man, come on. That would be a hit.
1: I don't know if he'll do any dancing TikToks, (laughs) but, you know, my dad's working on a couple of projects and I'm definitely happy to help him out, even on the video side. So we've been in talks and I can't give anybody a date, but we'll see.
0: Yeah.
1: I can only hope for it.
0: Well, I mean, I'm from a big family. You're also from a big family. Yeah. How many siblings do you have? There's 11 of us. Wow. So that's including me. Wow. Yeah. So 10 siblings. And are y'all pretty close? Y'all get along?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're all, we get along. Um, we, I didn't grow up with everyone and it's actually crazy. We shot a little, we shot a, what do you call it? A, what do you call it? Like a test run? Pilot. Yeah. We shot a pilot for a reality show with my two sisters that are in LA actually and it was Melody in India shout out to them and my brother Philip who's in Atlanta and it was called catching up so like I said we weren't we didn't actually grow up together so we weren't really close at the time and we decided let's just document this you know and see if we can make a show out of it because There's a lot of people out there who didn't grow up with their siblings. And we thought this could be something that could at least give people that grew up in that situation a chance to feel like they're not alone. So we shot a pilot for a reality TV show. It didn't really take off. But at the the same time, I got a chance to get to know my sisters. And they're awesome. So um, that was pretty cool.
0: You know, obviously, you, you've pursued a career in content creation and pretty much being an influencer. Are any of your other siblings like pursuing that same path?
1: Yeah, well, not necessarily as an influencer. So the reason I'm, I'm pursuing a career as an influencer is because I feel like I don't have any other talents artistically.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not true, man.
1: But when I say that, I mean so I come from a family of singers. Okay, and actually, artists like my I have sisters that can draw like because, like they they're amazing. So I have a sister named Imaj. she's a country singer, so she has an amazing voice. Um and I'm I know you've heard her. Um and then also my brother Philip, he is an uh, a singer as well. So he's definitely pursued that route. He's in Atlanta and he's he's killing it.
0: Yeah, that reminds me. I filmed a music video for Philip.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> so you know Philip, he's very he's very picky when it comes to certain things so I, I know you filmed the video and like what it came out like a couple of years
0: later <laughs> yeah i'm not ex- exactly sure on the
1: timeline yeah. there's a dope video though and yeah. it's, it's actually really amazing that you shot that yourself
0: yeah i mean it was just me we woke up really early one morning and we went to uh the graffiti park in austin whenever it was a thing yeah they since uh demolished it and it's gone now but yeah we shot it all in one location. Yeah, I think we finished it up in a couple hours, two, three hours.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it came out dope, man.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but let's get back to your fine. story, man. Sure. So you work for Texas State. What happened after you graduated college? I know right now you have two different businesses and we'll get into the second one a little bit later. But after you graduated what happened?
0: Well, worked for Texas state athletics all of the years that I was there. And, you know, like I was saying earlier, I always freelanced on the side. So yeah. I always had, you know, gigs to kind of supplement my income. Cause I wasn't making much from Texas state. Yeah. Um, and it came time to graduate and, um, uh, I had a decision to make. So, I got offered a full-time position from Texas state and what they offered me was kind of insulting to me. So I, I could either take that full-time job and basically eat shit with Texas state in the, with hopes that I'm going to move up in the ranks and make more money down the line, mm-hmm. or I could take a gamble and just go all in on myself. And I've kind of, I kind of built my clientele up to where I still had projects on the books I walked across that stage, man, and um, yeah, I haven't looked back since, dude. I've been working for myself ever since.
1: That's awesome, man. I love
0: that. How does it feel to
1: work for yourself?
0: It's great, but it's not for everybody. It's got its pros and cons. Tell me some pros. Tell me some cons. Pros. I think the main pro is freedom. At the end of the day, I can wake up and do whatever I want nobody is necessarily telling me like you got to wake up and be in the office at this exact time and you can't leave till this exact time. And you're taking a lunch break from 12 to 1230 and that's all you get. And, Oh, I see that, you know, I'm monitoring your screen and you're not active on your screen. There's none of that, man. Like at the yeah. in, but, but also the vice versa of that is you have to have discipline, to actually wake up and get the things done because there isn't someone telling you how to do that. Yeah. So those are the two main pros and cons. Freedom, the main. Pro. Uh, yeah, the main pro. And I'd say the main con is uncertainty. Mm. Because, no. yeah, go ahead. because I mean, at the end of the day, nothing's gonna get done unless I get it done. So, these opportunities don't don't just fall in your lap and then you're making money. So, you, I mean, sometimes the getting's good, sometimes it's not. You know, some some months are really good, some months you don't make much. So, I mean, you just have to be okay with the uncertainty.
1: Yeah. So, but as you build up the clientele, things become more certain because I I know Absolutely. knowing how busy you stay I was surprised to find out maybe like a year ago that you didn't, maybe, I don't know, a couple of years ago, a year ago, you didn't have a website for a long time. It was all word of mouth.
0: Yeah. How does think, that happen? I think word of mouth is the biggest marketing tool for you as an entrepreneur, as someone starting their own thing and being their own boss. Because if you do good, if you do good by people, people will do good by you. And yeah. if you provide a great product or service, that yeah. person is going to take that product. And tell everybody about it. Yeah. So, but vice versa, if you provide a terrible product and a terrible service, that person is going to tell everybody, "No, that is terrible. Don't do that." And I'm not a saint, you know. Yeah, I've made tons of mistakes in business, relationships, financial mistakes. I mean, I'm I'm no saint whatsoever. But it's all about learning, it's learning, from, learning your from your mistakes, yeah. and just moving forward and. Um, just just taking it for what it is and just trying to do better in the future.
1: You know, it's 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 a huge key to life learning from your your mistakes. And a lot of people get stuck in the same loop, never learning from their mistakes. Have you had people like that in your life?
0: <sighs> yes, I have, for sure. But, you know, at a certain point the people in your life are you know it, it's your decision yeah you you control the people that are around you and the people that are in your life so if someone's continuous continuously making mistakes over and over again and that doesn't sit right with you, I mean you're a fool for continuing to engage with them if you yeah. don't like what they're doing and and you don't like the path that they're on, then you shouldn't associate with them so, and that that brings me to like one of my favorite songs it's called uh Church." by slim thug have you heard that song yeah that is one of my favorite songs yeah and it has joel olstein in it and i know there's controversy around joel olstein but i think the song has a great message and um you know one of the things it says in there is you know just because someone is related to you doesn't mean that they're destined for you like that doesn't mean that they're that doesn't mean that you owe them anything pretty much yeah, so, I, th- I think building the right circle means a lot. Definitely. Um, actually, my, my favorite quote, my favorite quote from that song is, "You can't hang out with chickens and expect to soar with eagles." That's real. That hit me right here, man. Yeah. <laughs> Once I heard that, I, I mean, that song came out how how long ago? I don't know. It's, many many years ago, but yeah, ever since yeah, I heard wow. it, it just it resonated with me. Yeah. Don't hang dog. out with chickens, man. Eagles only slim thing. I wasn't expecting. sacred an Eagle ladies and gentlemen. I,
1: yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's all I hang out with is Eagles man. For sure. I think it, it's really, really important. And I think something that holds a lot of people back is their circle and over the years, really starting from Texas state and beyond, I really started to fine tune my circle. And I still have friends that aren't necessarily on the same path that I hang out with, but I hang out with them a lot less. And I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that are eagles, that are trying to soar, that are trying to really create the best life for themselves, their family. And off of osmosis, you kind of pick up each other's energy, you know? Definitely. So it's it's I think it's really important for people to watch who their immediate circle is. The five people you spend the most time with, you're usually within a same, the certain amount of income with them, certain amount of life, the certain type of lifestyle. So if if all your friends do is drink every every weekend, then that's probably what you're doing too, you know, and then you're kind of drinking your life away.
0: For sure. If
1: your friends are grinding, trying to build businesses, trying to just do better for themselves, trying to learn every day, you're probably
0: gonna be like, yo,
1: like, I wanna do that too. Absolutely. So,
0: circles are huge. What are some characteristics that uh, you look for in someone you call your friend, or like a certain set of criteria that your friends, you know, need to meet? I guess.
1: Are you saying the friends that I just described, or just in general? In
0: general. Like, you know, if, if I'm going to call you my friend, you need to have X, X, X.
1: I mean, if we're going to be called friends, we just, we have to get along. I have to actually be interested in you as a person. You have to be a good person, but I have different friends for different situations. So you're, you're a friend that I I respect a lot. You build. Um, So if we're talking about the friends that I build with, you would be one of them. And the criteria is just growth. You know, David Poku, he's another one. You know, he owns the Austin Food Truck Festival. We have conversations about business. He helps me out a lot. If I ever have questions about business, that's one of the main people I turn to because he's been able to build a mega business. Another friend is Shark. He's a huge marketer. Homie went from 40K in debt to now he's making 70K a month. He's 25 years old.
0: That's insane. Those are the
1: type of people I like to have in my life in my immediate circle that I'm speaking to on a daily basis. But I have other friends that, yeah, we just we have a great time together. You know, we we party together, we laugh together, we you know, we do just regular things. We travel together, but those aren't the people that I'm necessarily having conversations daily. You know what I mean? Yeah. So those those conversations have kind of started to dwindle down because right now I'm in build mode.
0: For sure. Yeah. You know. And I think if someone's truly like your good friend, they can see that and they can recognize that. Yeah. And they're not going to get mad at you. Like, oh, sacred hasn't hit me up in a couple months, man. I guess we're not cool anymore. Like yeah. a good friend is like, yeah, man, I, I see you've been grinding. Hope you've been well. Like, let's link up soon. No, no hard feelings. Yeah. You know, like people that get uh, animosity because, like, you're not contacting them anymore, I think that's a, a big red flag.
1: Yeah, I think those, those are friends with probably ulterior motives. For sure. At the end of the day, everyone that I call my friend, we can stop speaking for two months and pick up right back where we left off, no hard feelings at all. 100%. So, those are the type of people that I have in my life. So, keep the, I keep my circle small, but everyone's great, you know? Absolutely. No right. So, let's move back onto your story. So you have a video production business, and I know you worked with some pretty big clients. Can you tell me about some of the work you've done?
0: Yeah, man. Um, before, I, I could sit here and list out you know all of the clients that I've worked with and the variety of those clients, but I think something I just want to say is that's my favorite thing about video production yeah. is that you can work in any industry you want. If you want to work in the music industry, you can do that. If you want to work in the medical industry, you can do that. If you want to do real estate, you can do that. If you want to make videos about yourself, you can do that and make a career out of it. So that's my favorite thing with video production is that you can literally pick an industry and you can do it. Every single industry, if you're a business, you have a need for like beautiful content. So that's what I love about it.
1: I have a question for you about that. Sure. What's the most
0: unique experience you've had filming? Most unique? I think one of the most unique experiences I've had as a content creator was in college actually, mm-hmm. whenever I flew around the country making sorority videos. Really? That was I mean, at the time, um 18 19 20 years old. I'm a young man.
1: Oh yeah, I see how it's unique. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and in my mind, I'm getting paid to fly to another state that I've never been to, to another to a university. I've never been to. Yeah, to meet 50, 100, 200 girls that I've never met Sounds to like me. A that, job. That, that is a jackpot sl- slam dunk home run all the way. You know? Oh yeah. for so, sure. I mean, at the time i yeah that was that was awesome so that's probably the most unique and that's a super niche thing yeah. sorority videos so that's awesome so yeah. do you
1: still shoot, shoot sorority videos
0: no shot <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. things have changed oh yeah for sure i mean i graduated college and i did yeah. a couple after college but yeah. in my mind i was like dude you're you're too old to be doing this yeah. i mean and and there's also a certain cap with how much you can make and how much you can charge those sororities. Yeah. They all have budgets. And yeah, I just decided your bu- that. Your, your price is a little higher now, huh? <laughs> I mean, y- yes, but it's just, it, it came down to me not wanting to do it anymore. Uh, okay. And, you know, that's that's also something. It's like, if you actually enjoy like what you're doing, creating the content is a lot easier. Yeah. Like 10 times easier but if you hate what you're filming and editing clicking that export button is, it seems miles further than if it was the vice versa.
1: Yeah. Believe me, I have luckily I think I've taken the same route as you with video production. I I wanted to shoot everything so I could figure out what I like to shoot. Yeah. And pretty early on I started making, money and word of mouth, doing good things. Actually, my first, my first wedding, I used your video to get the (laughs) clients. (laughs) I actually, (laughs) Hey, Alyssa, you love the video. So you can't, if you, if you're seeing this, if you're seeing this, it's okay. But yeah, I used your video and said that I shot it so I can get that client and I crushed the video with her. That's all that matters, man. Yeah, stretch the, tru- the truth a little yeah, bit. Stretch it a little bit. I think yeah. I think some rules rules are meant to be broken, but as far as shooting clients that you know, filming clients that really test your patience. <laughs> luckily, I've been able to get to a point where if I already see that red flag immediately, it's like at this point we can just be like, nah, right. I don't know if this is the same thing for you, but. I've noticed that the clients that pay the least give me the most problems. Has that been the same for you?
0: Typically, yeah. Yeah. And to second that, I'd say that creative clients are the most difficult to deal with as well. uh, Explain. So, I mean, let's say you're, let's have two examples. You're working for a coffee shop and you're just making a promo video for them. Yeah, or you're you're working with an artist that has a new song that they're about to release, and you're making a music video for them. Mm-hmm. The artist, he's a creative. The coffee shop owner, that's just a standard business owner. Typically, you make the video, you film it, you deliver it. Either it's a good, they they give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. You know. Yeah. With someone being a creative, you deliver the video and they say ah. Oh, yeah, I like it. It's just, you know, it just doesn't have that you know, wow factor. And they just like or or like, can we put another shot that is more impactful right here? And I just feel like this shot needs to resonate harder, you know? Like they say stuff like that. Mm. You know? So they they speak in more abstract. They've got the vision in their head. Because like someone that doesn't do creative work, it's like, I'm just hiring a video guy and he's gonna give me a video. yeah And it just needs the video needs to convey the message. With a creative, it's like, I've got this idea in my head and I know exactly how I want it to look. So whenever things don't line up, it just creates a ton of problems.
1: Yeah, and I, I could second that. and I think people that are like that, whose creatives don't line up, with their vision their budgets also usually don't line up for sure absolutely you know they they see this they see a drake video like i want that guess what drake's video costs a hundred thousand or more yeah. you know what i mean Pro- probably more so they just don't have the knowledge base on in order to get that type of look you need more than just me and a camera you know yeah so
0: who are your favorite clients to deal with or, like, who, who, what, what are your, I guess, what are your favorite uh, projects to work on in terms of video production?
1: Well, one of my favorite projects that I've ever worked on was one that you invited me to. <laughs> that was uh, the Tiger Kingdom stuff. Yeah, that was, was fun. Yeah, I was on a, I was literally, literally boarding a flight to Brazil during the pandemic. And I got a call from you saying, Hey, have you seen Tiger King? I'm like, yeah, everyone's seen Tiger King. He's <laughs> like, well, we're going to be shooting the spinoff. You you down? And yeah, so I appreciate you even inviting
0: me to that, man. My pleasure, man. But yeah. I've got to thank Lex um, for that because he's the one that invited me and asked me if I, I knew a guy uh, that yeah. we could also have join us. So you were the first person I thought of, man. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Yeah, that was a wild experience, man. Myrtle Beach. Yeah. That was... <laughs> Felt like I was in college again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeping in the bunk beds. Achoo, yeah, we were back in the dorms. <laughs> yeah, fresh eggs every morning though. Yeah, that was straight fun. from the chickens.
0: That was fun. I mean, that was at the time that was like the the height of COVID. Yeah, so not a lot was really going on. I mean, things were slower. I don't know if you noticed. Were you were doing video production before COVID? Uh, yeah.
1: I started. Yes. Yeah. yes, you
0: were. Yeah, yeah. Um, I
1: started. I actually started my business officially. The beginning, February, 2020,
0: February, 2020, just before COVID. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's the same for you, but whenever COVID hit, I didn't realize how much of my video production work was focused on large gatherings of people or events. Yeah. So COVID hit. Took a dump. Yeah. For sure. Everything
1: was gone.
0: Yeah. And then Tiger King came out maybe what, what, like a month after COVID or something like that.
1: very quickly, it was like the perfect storm.
0: Yeah. So at the time, I didn't have as much going on like as I do now. Yeah. Because I mean, if I was presented with that opportunity now, I don't necessarily think that I would take it, but at the time... It was, yeah, I was more so looking at it for the experience and definitely not the pay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not the pay. It's like shout
1: out Lex, but not shout out Lex.
0: (laughs) Shout out Lex, for sure. I mean, we knew the deal. There was no no problems with what we were getting paid. It's just,
1: you know. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we were trying to create something big, you know? Yeah. And we had a great experience, got a chance to, you know, film tigers without cages and that was crazy how like,
0: intense man that,
1: I, mean, I remember whenever i came a day later than you guys because i was getting back from brazil and y'all had already experienced that and y'all were about to set up for a shot where doc was walking with doc and his his girlfriends were walking with i think it was two or three three tigers yeah and i'm like there's no cages guys And you're like, yeah. i forgot who said it but one of the one of you guys were like you'll get used to it and i'm just like all right and just these grown tigers just walking and I feel, I'm just looking at them like they, they can literally rip all of us apart at any time. After like day three, I was like, okay, they're chill. Yeah. Doc, I remember Doc was like, yeah, I'm not really worried about the tigers. I'm worried about the chimps. It's like, don't don't go near the chimps.
0: And Joe Rogan <laughs> talks about that too. Yeah. All chimpanzees will rip your face off and eat your ballsack. too. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: Jeez, yeah that was a wild time man but it was yeah that was definitely probably my use, most unique experience filming to this date
0: yeah i mean that's a one-of-a-kind experience swimming with an elephant swimming with yeah, bubbles yeah i mean where else can you do that in the united states the only other place i could think of it is like thailand yeah um yeah, yeah bubbles was my favorite actually that was awesome for sure. Elephants are such fascinating creatures. Yeah, man. I mean, they're so smart, so big, so powerful, yet gentle at the same time. It's it's crazy.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I know people, I know, I
1: know Doc kind of gets some flack about, you know, animals in captivity, uh, but I, I think at the end of the day, just being there for a month and seeing how they treat everybody, treat the animals. one thing I can say is every person that works there loves the animals, and that 's what i I think is that I took away from that and what's the alternative you know they they are they they have a sanctuary i don 't know i don 't think I've ever been to a zoo, but if I have, it might have been once when I was super young, and just we've never been out about that and even even seeing the difference to uh to What's homeboy's name? <laughs> How am I forgetting his name? The crazy dude. Tiger King. Joe. Joe. Okay. I'm, uh, Joe's like literally on the tip of my tongue. I'm like, Joe. but anyways, I, I actually went to Joe's
0: park before I ever went to Docs. See, that's crazy. Yeah, because you were semi involved in the Tiger King stuff. <laughs> yeah. Before you even got involved in video.
1: Yeah, man, I was actually in, Vegas and my friend Alex, he knew a guy named happy rest in peace. Happy. He was a cool dude. Um, actually yeah, happy shout out to him. He, he literally is somebody who lived life to the fullest. But anyways, he, he, he introduced me to, I'm forgetting all these characters names. What's who's Joe's partner? Jeff low. Yeah. So happy introduced me to, no, Happy took us to this mansion and we got a chance to, we actually met Jeff Lowe before he was the Jeff Lowe of Tiger King and um, we were able to play with the baby tiger and that was crazy. After that, we, I came back to Austin. I showed my friend David Poku what just happened. He's like, bro, you got to play with a baby tiger. is like the biggest animal fan. So we ended up, basically we ended up setting up a bus to take people from Austin. This is when I started the party bus company, but we actually ended up renting a bus bigger than our buses. We took it to Oklahoma and went to Joe's Park uh, and night and day difference from docks, bro. Like docks is super lush, green, lots of space. Joe's, the water that the Tigers were around it looks like if those tigers drank from that water, they would just die. It it was just the the conditions were crazy. So whenever I got to Docks, it was definitely a breath of fresh air, you know, to see that.
0: Yeah, and that's that's you were talking about a zoo earlier. Yeah. If you could compare it, there's no way I would compare Doc's operation to a zoo. Yeah. Doc's operation is so much more than a zoo. Yeah. The experience that he's curated at myrtle beach safari is unmatched i mean such a unique experience that i don't think you can get anywhere else in the u.s
1: not not even close yeah not even close
0: i mean to to see not only bubbles the elephant but to see the variety of animals that they have there to to watch the tigers swimming in front of the uh the glass yeah i mean just yeah, I mean, what he's created there is, is amazing. Yeah,
1: and then uh, h- even his mission to actually put money into the conservation of these animals, this is actually what I wanted to touch on. The alternative is these animals are going to go extinct. So at the end of the day, what he's doing, he's raising money to try to help conserve the tigers overseas. Because we are literally encroaching on their territory, humans. Every day, we're just you know we're building up cities and encroaching, 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 and they're going extinct. So, at the end of the day, I have nothing bad to say about that experience. We had, we had a great one,
0: definitely. And I can second that. I went, yeah. I had a great time.
1: Yeah, man. But let's let's go back on to your business. Sure. So, video production business. Fast forward. Now, my boy has a boating company. Can you talk about that?
0: Yeah, we can talk about it. Absolutely. And it, it's funny because the same thing I do with boats is what you did with party. buses. Yeah, party buses. So, I mean, it's pretty much the same concept. Um, you run out, you, you you charter buses. I charter boats. Yeah. It's about the same thing. And, you know, I how I got into the boat renting industry kind of i guess i could say it started ever since i was a kid yeah um my love for boating came from my dad and my dad has had the same exact boat his entire life which is funny really yeah yeah so (laughs) i mean it's a what 1970 something Glasstron old ski boat that he's pretty much completely redone everything about and um And me and my family actually joke around. uh, We say that we're going to bury him in it because he just can't seem to let it go. So might as well make it his coffin.
1: Honestly, that'd be pretty badass for that to be a coffin, bro. (laughs) You should do it.
0: Yeah. 200 years. What's the ceremony where they put you in a boat, they light it on fire, and they they push it into the lake or whatever? Why is that? I don't know. It's some sort of ceremony. I don't don't know, but that might be how I go out then.
1: (laughs) That sounds pretty dope.
0: So yeah, I mean, my my love for boating has been instilled in me ever since I was a kid. That was was our favorite pastime. Um, Mm -hmm. My parents were divorced, so I spent every other weekend with my dad and Mm -hmm. every weekend during the summer, the best thing to do for us was to hook the boat up to the truck, head straight to the lake and do skiing, tubing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. all of that, man. Um, I firmly believe that life on the water is, Is better. So I I love going out on the boat. So
1: well, so what actually made you decide, you know what? I want to do a boating business. Was it because that there was just a market for it? I know you said you love boats.
0: Yeah, I mean, there there's a market for it. I love boats. I've always wanted a boat. And I decided, hey, like I can buy a boat, rent it out recoup the cost make a little bit of money and i've got a boat i've always wanted this why not it makes too much sense i love i love being on the boat i would love to have my own boat why not so i did it now i have two boats two trucks um and expanding the business every single year
1: so Yeah, so I know you're expanding the business. I I know you recently partnered up with your brother. How's that?
0: Yeah, so me and my brother partnered up earlier this year, and uh, I could sit here and say, "Oh, it's been great, hundred percent." But at the end of the day, we're brothers. Yeah, brother hundred percent. We we (laughs) fight hundred like no doubt. Um, But at the end of the day, I love him. He loves me, and we want to propel each other and push each other to greater heights. And we know that firmly. So whatever we have going on, we can squash it. I just got some
1: Logan Paul,
0: Jake Paul vibes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I mean, because he's my older brother. So I think yeah. there's a certain aspect of him kind like kind of big brothering me. Yeah. Being like, oh, I'm your older brother, this and that, this and that. But at the end of the day, I started the business, yeah, and I created the business. So I'm coming back being like, Nah, man, like I started this shit, yeah. So, yeah, the, the, I think that's been the main um, cause of confrontation.
1: The fact that your little brother, yeah, who started it, and now he's at the end of the day, y'all are partners. We're partners. We're half and half
0: and but he's still your big brother yeah so. for sure but him being older than me doesn't mean anything yeah i mean sure you have more years on me but that doesn't mean that you're higher up than me yeah so
1: i see that and also you've you've actually been i mean your brother is a beast in his own right but you have also absolutely been running your own businesses longer for right?
0: sure um, he's had a W two job his entire life. He's yeah. he he doesn't necessarily know what it takes yeah. to go out and get it for yourself. I mean, yes, he does, yeah, but to be an entrepreneur. He I mean, he he ran a business back in college, mm-hmm. but I mean nothing at like what the scale of what we're doing now.
1: So what what kind of addition does your brother bring to Your business, and for the audience, your business is called Boat Bros. Yep. So, what kind of addition does him being there actually help? Like,
0: how how does he help propel the business forward? Good question. Um, I think we're different, and we look at different or we look at situations different ways. Um, Just having another perspective in the business, um, he, you know, I, I'm. I'm okay with a little bit of like controlled chaos. He's very like, everything needs to be completely in order, this and that. And that's something that I'm not, that he is, that I respect him for. Because I would love to be like, oh yeah, my life is a hundred percent in order. You open up my closet and every every shirt is folded. Like he's like that. I'm mm-hmm. not like that. So we compliment each other in that terms. I do content creation. So by him taking stuff off my plate like paying captains or any administrative work or legal work or or what have it financial anything with the business by having more stuff off my plate i can better focus on the things that i'm good at uh. so i mean i just looked at it because you know i i didn't have to partner with him i didn't have to bring him in but i took a step back and i looked at it and i tried to look 5 years in the future where am I going to be in five years if I stay just with myself compared to where am I going to be with me and Nicodemus both working towards it in five years? And in my mind, we are going to be so much further than if it was just me. So that's the main reason why I decided to do it.
1: Yeah, man. Just putting putting each one of you guys in positions that you're good at you need a team to make it work, man. You yeah, need a team I mean, to scale the business.
0: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You can't do it alone. You can do it alone, but it's going to be tough. There's tons of stuff that you don't know how to do. That there's millions of people that are way better, way better than you. So, um, yeah, yeah, man. What
1: are some struggles that you've encountered while working for yourself?
0: I'd say. One of the biggest struggles I've encountered is feeling guilty for taking time off and not working. I am a workaholic. I love to work, I love to produce, I love to create things, I love to build. I you know, I I love to do things and whenever I'm not doing things, I feel guilty like I should be doing that thing. You know, I I think that's one of my biggest Problems with being your own boss is just uh, learning the balance between things because at the end of the day, you need time off. You need rest and recovery. You need to go to the gym and get some exercise in. You need to take a lunch break and go and nourish your body. You need to hydrate. So, I mean, that's been kind of one of my things is in college, I was a little bit different. I didn't know the balance. I would pull all-nighters all the time. I would do. I would just lock myself in my room and wouldn't leave. Like, just work was all I knew. Mm-hmm. Work is all I wanted to do. And that leads to burnout, and I did get burnt out a lot. Um, so I think that's, you know, one of the biggest... Challenges. What was the question? Challenges. Was that the? Yeah, challenges or struggles. Tr- th- challenge, struggle. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the biggest struggles for me is just kind of finding the the balance between work and uh, rest. Do
1: you think that you've achieved balance? Are you still working on it?
0: No, no day is the same. Some yeah. some days, yeah, I, I do. Some days, maybe not. And it's just it it all depends some days I have more to do and some days I have more freedom. So um, I think I've gotten a good grasp on it. Um, I've gotten better at saying no. Mm. And that was a really big problem back in the day is I would just say, oh, there's an opportunity to, to make money. Yeah, I'm available. Absolutely. And I would just take on so much to where it would just bog me down. Yeah, And I was just buried in work and buried in just like, it it just became too much. Just like this decision dementia, like so many things to where it's like hard to focus on one singular thing because there's so much going on. So that's something that I've gotten way better at over the years. It's just like, no, I can't do that. I've got too much on my plate right now. I'm sorry. Um, Let me refer you to someone else that can help you out. So I think- learning how to say no is, uh, is, is big for sure.
1: Yeah, that's super important. I think I was the same way. At, at some point I was taking every single job that I could. But I think that's something that you learn with age. You know, Learning how to set boundaries and learning to do... Learning to... I think learning, learning to set boundaries actually keeps the fun in what we do because at the end of the day, I think both of us started doing this because we love it. Absolutely. So I think that's super important in general.
0: What are some struggles you've experienced being your own entrepreneur?
1: Just to piggyback off of you, man, learning how to say no, but really asking for help is a big one. You know, I've always been the type of person who feels like they can do everything. We are sitting here in a room with just us, three cameras, a sound system running everything, some lights that I set up. I try to do everything myself. And you know, for this podcast, it's that's there's definitely there's definitely going to be a point where it's everything's ran by other people. But luckily, I'm able to do it myself at the at the very beginning while I'm launching it. But literally every single step, doing everything myself, it can be draining. So one of the struggle, especially we're actually one of the biggest struggles is is really letting go of creative control in certain projects because I'm used to doing things a certain way. And if I hire someone else to do it, it may not come out the way that I want it to. But I've realized that... I'm not saying, like, do a bad job, but my expectations versus the client's expectations are very different. Like, I overperform every single time. So uh, I think the biggest struggle really has been trying to... is actually finding someone who can take some of that load off of me, especially creatively. Someone who can take that load off of me creatively and still keep the same...
0: Level of quality?
1: Level of quality, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so you're saying you have a problem like delegating? Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way, and I feel like that comes down to me just being like, a micromanager and me wanting to like micromanage things, me wanting things to be exactly like I would have done it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's, there's no person exactly like you. So yeah. There's no person on this world that's going to make, you know, given the same video project, there's mm-hmm. no person that's going to make the same exact video that yeah. you make.
1: So but I, th- I think I had a had a moment where I did actually delegate the- This, this gave me PTSD, man. I had a a moment where I'm like, okay, this project, I'm going to hire out everything and it bombed, but it wasn't because the, what the final product was bad. It was great, but I was working with one of those creative people you were talking about, bro. Yeah. And his budget didn't line up to what he actually wanted. So I think that's really the the main reason that that happened, but it kind of gave me PTSD for a while. After that, where I'm like, okay, now I got to do everything myself, right? But, but I'm getting better.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely I mean, getting better. I mean, you can never really expand if you do everything yeah. yourself. Yeah. You always have a limit. Yeah, and absolutely. there's there's give and takes with everything. Like even with the video and the boat stuff. I mean, I've got to sacrifice one or the other at a certain point. Yeah. Um, but kind of what I've that what we haven't talked about is that I started a, a boating TikTok. Yeah. So I took my two businesses, video production, boat rentals, and I married them together. Took my love for boating and my love for creating content, started up a, a TikTok, and started posting. How's that going? It's been good, man. It's been good. Um, couple million views. That's, yeah,
1: man, that is. That is amazing. And being able to niche down that much is super important. Like a couple million views in the boating industry. Does that help your business?
0: Definitely. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know everything. So whenever I'm making these videos, like I, I'm learning. Yeah. I'm learning throughout the process. So I get to research things in my industry that I currently work in. And learn new stuff about the industry. Um, also, I get to connect with people in the industry. Yeah. So I mean, I'm starting to formulate some sponsorships and some partnerships, and yeah, things have been great. I should have done this a long time ago, honestly.
1: That's awesome, man. We're well, uh, cool to you.
0: Yeah, you've been telling me a long time. Like you, that's what I've been terrible about is promoting myself, and that's what you are really good at is promoting yourself, and I admire you for that.
1: I appreciate that, man. The one thing I tell people, I know a lot of people in the video production space. There's also a lot of people who I don't know if they're scared to put their projects out there or whatever. The reason is that they don't post as much as I think that they should. But you're amazing at what you do, bro. So just the fact that you started a TikTok and it's, it's successful, it's I knew it was going to happen. That's why I was always pushing you to do it. You know, <laughs> like you, when you, when you're in the video production space, you have all of the tools to be amazing at content creation for sure. But it's actually just taking the time to do it. But you, I'm, I'm sure your business is going to, it's going to be one of the main reasons why your business continues and continues to grow because you can hit a hundred K in a day on TikTok.
0: Is that Perhaps. how it happened for you? Um, what's the most amount of followers you've gotten in like a short amount of time it's hard to tell it's I, I'd be guessing but
1: maybe either 50 to 70k within a couple of days dang boy yeah yeah uh, oh well on TikTok.
0: yeah but on Instagram I grew 100k in like a week that's Nuts! Yeah. Was there one specific video that really propelled that on Instagram? Yeah,
1: yeah. It was actually a, on Instagram. It was a video that I posted that actually had to do with my dad. What was it? It was a trend. It was a trend that it was basically a thirst trap, bro. <laughs> 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 it was a trend that had to do with my dad. That was a thirst trap. I gotta, I gotta. <laughs> I'll play it on on the podcast, but I don't remember the exact exactly what was in it, but it it actually they wrote news articles about it.
0: Yeah, because it had your dad in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And You didn't prompt these media outlets to do that. They just saw it and wrote articles about it. Yeah, man. Dang. Yeah, that's nuts.
1: Yeah, a bunch of outlets picked it up and they were just talking about like, you know, we remember Philip Michael Thomas from the hit show Miami Vice. Well, his son, is catching eyes on social media, blah, 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 blah. And just yeah, from there, that you know, that that blew me up to a hundred K, but you know, I actually have some friends that have blown up to more than that in a day yeah. and haven't really done anything, haven't done much since. So luckily I had already built up the tools on TikTok to keep that ball rolling to grow it to what it is now. So yeah. it's like, you know, I got those initial eyes and boom, just still doing three three posts a day, three posts a day, three posts a day, three posts a day. Posts a day. And then that kind of transitioned into, instead of doing as many thirst traps, now, now I'm, I'm speaking a little bit more.
0: Yeah, know? what, what kind of caused you to transition your content a little bit from taking your shirt off <laughs> to uh, inspiring people and giving them relationship advice mm-hmm. and just life advice in general?
1: Uh, I think the main reason I switched from the, so I say thirst traps, the main reason I switched from thirst traps fashion, and I I still want to keep doing some more, a little bit more of that. But the main reason I switched was I, you know, I I think the stuff that you post, you start seeing on your feed too. And I'm the stuff I'm researching like, okay, what is this guy doing? Blah, blah, blah. I just see these dudes doing these, of cringy thirst traps all the time and i didn't want that to be my identity and i knew that i had more to say than more to say that had less to do with how i look and at the end of the day looks fade bro so i wanted to do something that was that had longevity i wanted to do something that added more value to people's lives and I've been through it in relationships. I've watched people go through it in relationships. I've been through it in life. And I knew that I had a lot to say on the subject. So I switched course and started to put out more content like that. On top of the fact that it's a lot easier to create. You know, it's a lot easier to set up a camera and speak to it. And and maybe somebody who... Doesn't have the same life experiences and might be a lot harder for them. But for just what I had in my head, it was just a lot of an easier transition and, and being able to do that, tell stories. Because sometimes I'll do relationship content that isn't necessarily my experience, but I'll act out an, a certain experience for people to feel that, you know. So I think it would just add a little a little bit more value than me taking my shirt off, you know.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was gonna ask is how do you go about coming up with these concepts like are these all just ideas in your head that you're regurgitating in front of the camera are you doing research and development and kind of reading books or articles or it's both yeah I mean it's, it's all, all the above it's, it's ideas in my head if I have an
1: idea I'll write it down in my notepad and then expand on it when I have time so what I do is I will and I take this from a guy named Christopher Claflin I hope I'm saying his name right but he's the, one of the goats when it comes to creating social media content he teaches people how to actually really really grow their following but what i'll do is if i ever have an idea that comes in my head i write it down my notepad and just if i see an article i'll read it and then just write some bullet points about it and then when i ever whenever i have a bunch of ideas uh, usually i'll do this on sundays i will write out 20 scripts at once And some of it's from stuff I saw on TikTok or Instagram, some stuff that that resonated with me or something that an article that I read or a situation that came up in my life or a situation that came up in someone's life that I know. I'll write on it. Like sometimes something will happen in in my life and I'm like, we just start writing because everything that we go through I feel like someone has gone through it before, you know, so when you speak about it, it lets people know that they're not alone and you can tell from the people in the comments, like there's a lot of people hurting and struggling and sometimes people don't really have the ability to say what they're feeling. And when I say it, I feel like some people are like, yo, that's what was in my head I just didn't know how to say it. So that's what I've been for people.
0: That's awesome, man. Super inspiring. And uh, what's really inspiring for me is the volume of the content that you produce. Like, you pump out an insane amount of content all the time. Yeah. So, how do you, how do you maintain that level of content, pro- like, production being a one man band?
1: 20 videos at once every Sunday.
0: Yeah, just you write scripts
1: and just knock them out. And it's it's like I said, it's been easier to do once I've started speaking because you can speak all day. Yeah. You know, and even with these podcasts, you know, we're going to talk for an hour and a half, two hours. I don't know how long we've been going, but there's going to be moments that I think resonate with people and that is
0: adding to it. So, um, yeah, and this is like a, a new concept for me. This is actually the first podcast I've done. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you're on it, man. Yeah. I mean, thanks for having me. Of um, I I consider myself an introvert, so I'm not. Me you know, too. I'm, yeah. How did you How did you go from being an introvert to speaking on camera as your main form of content?
1: I've always had all of these ideas in my head and I don't think that it should live there. So this is me stepping outside of my comfort zone. Even doing this is stepping outside of my comfort zone. But what's comfortable right now has been, fortunately I've, I've had a great circle of people who have done well, who people who are watching this can learn from. Not everyone has their own business. So the comfortable part is my first bit of guests have been people that I know personally. So, me as an introvert, I'm able to really warm up and tell you guys' stories and help with that. But even to this day, like, I still deal with being an introvert. And just this isn't just me coming out of my shell. I'm still terrified to speak on stage. And I feel like that's the the path that this is leading down, (laughs) man.
0: What's your. I mean, what's your goal? Do you have a goal for that? Is there an event that you would want to speak
1: at? Or? Absolutely not. I'm terrified. I said,
0: I said, I am terrified, bro. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you said that, that, that that's what it's leading to though. So, you know, in your head that eventually it's going to get there.
1: I feel like eventually someone's going to ask and I, I probably won't be able to say no. Yeah. And then at that point, I'm like, okay, let's get, let's prepare. So no, do I have an event that I want to speak at? Yeah. No, but if I get asked to speak at certain events, I'll probably have to say yes.
0: Public speaking is terrifying, man. But I used to cry <laughs> whenever I was
1: called to the front. Like, you know when you, you had those projects that you had to present to the class? Yeah. I would literally have little tears coming out my eye that I had to like, just, okay, let me posture up so I don't want to cry in front of the class. Like I, I was terrified of speaking in front of a class of 20, 30 people. To even imagine doing that in front of a bigger crowd is terrifying. But I think a lot of the things that we're scared of are keys to unlocking just different parts of ourselves that we're probably meant to unlock. You know, I know a lot of the times when I've been the most uncomfortable in my life is when I've made the biggest leap in my life. Whether that's spiritually, financially, or all of the above, that's when the biggest leaps come out. So I won't shy away from it, but I'm letting people know I'm terrified.
0: Of it. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get you on stage for sure.
1: Yeah, we'll see. But I mean, do you have any limiting beliefs when it comes to you know building the life that you are trying to build?
0: Limiting beliefs. Me personally? Yeah, for example,
1: I have, and I said this in my last podcast, sometimes I have an imposter syndrome. Yeah. You know, sometimes I feel like I am just a regular dude and a lot of people look up to me. But then I go back and see the people that watch my stuff and how how it does help them and what I am talking about is very helpful to some people. So I fight with that battle where I'm just like, I'm just a regular d- dude, what do I know? To I fight with that battle within myself to seeing what it's actually done for people. So like, do you have any limiting beliefs in terms of building your businesses or your life or, or just anything in general?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think my main one is the same thing, imposter syndrome. Um, and I think that goes to like what I'm doing now with the social media thing. Like, I'm not sure if you've taken a look at the comments on my videos, but 90% of them are negative. I think you told me this a while ago, but go ahead and expand on it. <laughs> Almost all of the comments on my videos are, are negative straight, like straight up. There's not a lot of positive things. Being what do they said. say? It's just like, I, I do boat prices, right? Yeah, okay. What's it going to cost for this boat? Yeah. Hit them with the price at the end. That boat's too expensive. That boat sucks. Oh, my dad has a cooler boat. This and that. It's just like, I don't really, that's the one thing I've been kind of battling with. It's just yeah. like, what in these people's minds do they like get off by just going on social media and just talking shit? like I don't really get it cuz I don't personally do that but um that that has been one thing like that I've battled with a little bit yeah. just like the overwhelming amount of hate on my videos and it's like some of it is directed at me some of it isn't um but just like yes this video got 1.7 million views this video got 2 million views but like inspecting it like you know is this really like a positive impact on the people you know it's kind of what i've been battling with a little bit
1: well i think you are for what you're doing you're doing boat prices and you're providing people with information on boats so i think it's an overall good where it comes when it comes to people commenting negative stuff on your videos like the stuff you just explained i think a lot of people take out some of their frustration on social media anonymously or unanonymously and it has a lot more to do with it has a lot more to do with that person as an individual than you
0: 100 and you know i've I, I read my comments for sure. I don't know about you. I read, uh, not all of them, but I read a good amount of them. Um, and then I can like click on their profile and I'm like, yeah, who is this guy? S- S- well, yeah, you're snake ta- 22. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking <laughs> shit to me. Who are you? Like yeah. bro. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, so, Fortunately,
1: I get an overwhelming amount of love. Yeah, but good for you, man. Those negative comments <laughs> are the ones that I do see. I mean, I, of course, I I, I I respond to a lot of the love comments, you know. But I the one the negative ones are the ones that really do stay with you, and I don't. It's I don't know why it does, but it's what I personally do when I see them. Most of the time, I just ignore them.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and don't get me wrong, I still get love on my videos. Okay. There's people that say that they love my content, want me to pro- want me to produce more, send me suggestions on yeah. videos to produce. Like I still get love, for sure. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's that that's been a battle with me. It's like, you know, cuz to go out and produce content cuz like, dude, I'm not really making money from it right now. I mean, to go and take my time. You say, you say, uh, I mean. I'm not making compared, anything that's moving the needle. Yeah, right yeah. now, it's not moving the needle at all. I mean, yeah. not at all, but it's yeah. just, it's a drop in the bucket, is what I'm saying. I, I'm doing this because I like doing it. Yeah. I'm not doing this for the money right now. Yeah. Um, I enjoy making boating content. I enjoyed looking up different boats and checking out and seeing what they cost and doing all the research on them and learning the cool features about it. I truly love doing that, yeah, so I'm not making this for anyone else. I'm making this for myself because I feel fulfilled whenever I hit export and I upload it. I mean, I like making content, so their reaction is you know something I've battled with a little bit for sure
1: so. yeah well at at the end of the day, I know that it, I know you say you read your- co- your comments but that stuff can really eventually weigh on you. I know you're a strong dude, but at some point, just stop reading the comments, bro. I know Joe Rogan says this, like, don't read the comments.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I don't read all of them. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you want to see, you want to see what you're audience is saying. Yeah, and you want feedback. Yeah, I want feedback, and I want to learn and grow. Like, if I post something and people absolutely hate it, then I need to, or I should take that into consideration if I need to make a pivot for the next one. Yeah, that's true. So, it's a little bit of research and development for me, too, is reading the comments. I don't read every single one, and I'm not saying that, like, that people commenting negative stuff is keeping me from uh, producing content. I don't plan on stopping, so... Um yeah, I think it's just uh I don't know. Um have you ever clapped back? For sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, especially whenever people are just absolutely wrong. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I try not to. Yeah, yeah. I try to keep it composed and just yeah, scroll past it. I mean, dude, because people have said Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. People have said all the things in the book. You know nothing about boats. This video shit. Oh, just bro everything just commenting gay on my video (laughs) just commenting gay (laughs) i'm like dude i
1: Right, when, you, when you're when your audience, I'm pretty sure it's probably like
0: 99% male. I think it, yeah, <laughs> 99.999% male for sure. That's crazy. And that's something that's really different between our audiences. Yeah. Is that yours is like 99% female, mine is a bunch of hard dicks. <laughs> <laughs> does, that just mean, does that mean that guys are just inherently negative, bro? They're definitely more aggressive, more <laughs> confrontational. Maybe that's for sh- why. For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I just we- kind of look at it as like, yeah, man, here's the thing is like, I've noticed that the more controversial things that I say in my videos, those are the ones that tend to perform the best.
1: One trillion
0: percent. <laughs> so like, honestly, those negative comments are leading to my success, yeah. you know, but that doesn't mean that... You- I'm still a person and I have feelings, you know? Yeah, so. for
1: sure. You heard it from himself, guys. He has feelings. I
0: have feelings. Men have feelings. I'm not a robot all the time, only sometimes. <laughs> that,
1: that, that actually wants me to lead me into a pivot. Sure. So, yeah, you have 99% hard dicks. <laughs> how how are your... your <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean no lie yeah. seriously so we can pull up the analytics oh, I believe you bro
1: I, especially yeah. I mean, what what I don't want to I mean I don't want to throw away like point one per, percent of your f- following but like what females really into to boats it just, just usually doesn't roll that way
0: I mean just look but, at the yeah. look at the uh, you know the the cliches you're you're out on the lake On a Saturday, a nice Saturday evening, and you look at this boat. Okay, that boat's got one old dude driving it. (laughs) Yeah. And ten, just hot ass girls on the boat.
1: You think that's gonna be you one day?
0: Uh. (laughs) Are you trying to go down the different route? (laughs) No, man. I want to get married and have kids. I don't want to be that dude. So yeah, I do not want to be that dude. That's good. I respect that. Yeah. So. What, what
1: even I was though saying, there's, by, even though, honestly, teach their own, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like nothing if, wrong with if, that for yeah, sure. If, if that's if, what you want to do. Exactly. If you um, want to do that. But.
0: but what I was saying by that is that like guys are more interested in boats. Yeah. I mean, guys are more interested in the content that I'm producing about boats. How much does it cost? Because girls aren't necessarily the average girl is not buying the boat. Yeah. The girl just has to look beautiful to get on the boat. Yeah, man. So, not just, but it helps. It
1: helps sure. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, the guys buying the boat is just them, you know, showing their peacock, you know, their, their
0: feathers. Oh, yeah. For sure.
1: But so let's segue into relationships. Sure. You, know, you know, I have a very heavily relationship-filled base of people that follow me. How is, how is it being a business owner in the dating world?
0: It's difficult, for sure. It's, it's hard to find someone that is really accepting of your schedule and what you have to sacrifice for your businesses sometimes. Yeah. Um, because with the boat rental thing, it's mostly on the weekends. So even though I'm not necessarily driving the boat every single time, I still have to be available on my phone at all times on the weekend, whenever weekends are whenever the average person cuts loose and doesn't work. It's flip-flop for me. Dating as a businessman or entrepreneur is, is definitely difficult because you know, it's especially whenever you're dating someone that's not an entrepreneur or a businessman. Yeah. Businesswoman for me. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. I, I know in my last relationship, one of the things that was really difficult was what you described is just there's there's an illusion of free time you know because you're your own boss they kind of think that oh you can take off whenever it doesn't it doesn't really work work like that there's it's, if you work hard enough you can give yourself some time off yeah but one of the things that actually helped in that relationship was when she became a business owner she became a business owner and then she actually ended up telling me I get it no I get it because you're you have to answer the emails you you have to show up you have to film you know for her it was a completely different situation but she understood that she didn't clock in or clock out she's always clocked in yeah you know for everything to run
0: definitely I mean it's not as easy as having a nine-to-five sending an email saying hey I want these two weeks off all right, Sacred, what just happened? Um, We just had uh, your camera crash. <laughs> <laughs> that has never happened to me ever. I've owned what four or five cameras in my life, and I've never had one crash on me to where it doesn't work. How yeah. insane.
1: Yeah, it's turning off and on, and it keeps turning off and on. Whenever we put in batteries, black screen, don't know what the deal is, but it looks like... Uh... Sorry, man, that you have to bring it to...
0: Precision or wherever else no need to apologize. It's just a uh, part of the game dude. Keep rolling Time yeah. to buy a new camera. Yeah Well,
1: I think the a7s4 might be coming out pretty soon.
0: Hey, perfect.
1: Yeah, perfect. Time.
0: <laughs> but that's a $4,000 camera <laughs> Hey, man, got to do what you got to do.
1: Yeah, well I know we've been talking for a bit, so I guess we'll just wrap this things up and uh We'll have you back on. Let's do it, man. We'll Looking you... forward
0: to the, next, uh, to the next podcast.
1: Before we wrap it up, I want to ask you two questions. The first question is, where can people find you online?
0: Uh, you can hit me up at my uh, boating account. I'm at The Boat Bro. And you can uh, check out my business account for my boat stuff, Boat Bro's ATX. And if you want to get in touch with me, on my personal Instagram, it's just my first and last name.
1: Awesome, man. It's a great name, by the way, Bo Bros. (laughs) Appreciate
0: it, man, thank you.
1: Yeah, no problem. Okay, so the final question is, what is the impact that you wanna have on the world when it's all said and done?
0: When it's all said and done, the impact, obviously I wanna have a positive impact. Um, I want people to look back on my life and say, You know, he did things differently. He didn't travel the path that everybody normally travels. He took a different route. He did things differently. He innovated and um, he had fun while doing it. So I just think that's what it's all about, doing everything that you want to do and following your own path. Everybody is different. There's no two people on this world that are exactly alike. That's why our fingerprints are all different you know there's no set standardized roadmap for your life whenever it's all said and done the impact that i want to have on the world is that you know people look at my life and say you know he did his own thing
1: i love that man and people you never know who's actually watching you and looking up to you for sure man. So that, i think that's a great thing man Appreciate you having you. Appreciate having you on. Absolutely.
0: The podcast. It's been a pleasure. I yeah. love the space. I love what you're doing with the podcast. You inspire me, brother.
1: I appreciate that, man. Hey, you got to start your own up pretty soon. For sure. Boating Bo- bro- podcast. Yeah, coming yeah. soon. Let's go. All right. We're out.
0: The Sacred Podcast.